not going to make you stay with that. But there are some real um, efficiencies, right, if you do select that, because you've already invested some time and effort and thinking about something that you're interested in as a team and something you can move forward with. And so there are, uh, there are some advantages okay, to, to staying on that path. Um, what you're doing really is coming up with a, um, what I think of as a hybrid um, you know, policy memo slash proposal for research, okay? But where you actually flesh out, you actually conclude with a research design, right? In the past, I've not given as many specific parameters about the length, but this time I'm going to because I think doing so um, <clears throat> You have a lot of discretion, but I'm putting some very basic limits on that discretion, okay? Excluding an appendix and excluding the bibliography, your project will be <clears throat> no less than 10 pages, no more than 15. If you go over 15 by a couple of pages, excluding an appendix and excluding a bibliography, that's fine. Uh, but what I don't want <clears throat> um, is, you know, 25, 30-page reports. What's that noise? It's a projector. Okay. It does it all the time. It's annoying, isn't it? Why? No, it's a little disconcerting, actually. Um, why am I giving you a specific font and margins? <clears throat> because some of your predecessors have been really creative in their choice of margin, right? Fortunately for them, I was also creative in the past, and so I see those tricks, right? <clears throat> Three, four-inch margins, okay? Um, it's unacceptable. One-inch margins, all around. 12-point font times new row, okay? Any in-text citations that you include, and you will include in-text, there will be in-text citations and a bibliography. All of that has to be organized according to the <coughs> APA manual. Now, there's a link in the slides, okay? If you click the link, the link will take you to a website, okay? The website is for the APA manual. <clears throat> okay, so if you click on, right, you'll, there's the manual itself. You can consult the manual, okay? For any stylistic format, this is my right? Uh, start early on everything I'm talking about tonight. Time goes by really fast. Enjoy your spring break, right? live your life, um, have fun. But don't leave, don't leave this until like the week before because it'll show. Um, and that's not, you know, that's not good. We're working on a lot of this stuff already. Um, I'll also say that there are gonna be some things about the coming weeks that are gonna be important to the project and so you might actually hold off on the final component. But you have everything you need already. You have everything you need already to start with sections one, two, and three, okay? So that, that's, you know, that's a way of sort of jumping on the, the ball early on. Um, for those of you who have teammates who are not here tonight, please touch base with them. Um, make sure you're coordinating with them. <clears throat> um, I'm sympathetic to a lot of things, uh, most everything. The only thing I've not been sympathetic to in the past, and um, you know, I probably won't be sympathetic to it again, um, is if you come to me, you know, near the deadline, and you say something like, 
we're not done. Uh, we haven't started. We the project's not working out because of you know this person or that person or like, those are the kinds of things that like you know they're they're not. I don't see those as my dilemmas to solve. We started early on in the semester. We assigned you know groups early on so that we could not only meet each other and share contact information, but so hopefully we can be um, very transparent with respect to you know the competing demands we have. And, and that's not you know letting people into your personal life, just being honest with your peers, because that kind of information has implications for, for everyone's outcome, right? You're gonna turn in one product at the end of the semester, and everyone, that, everyone on the team is going to receive the same grade. How you divide labor, um, all of that is up to you, okay? Um, but I will say the good thing is that I've only had one group in my experience that has, you know, um, come to me two days with, within two days of the deadline doing exactly what I asked them not to do today. And uh, they somehow still pulled off. They, they handed in something, and I gave them a grade. Um, but, yeah, don't put yourself in that position, okay? Um, I will also say that I'm giving you... Um, these parameters in, in, in a way, in, a, in, the, in the hopes of making it a little bit easier, actually, right? So in the past, I've said, you know, you have discretion, and, and there's just wide variance, not only in length, but also in terms of, you know, quality. And so, by keeping you 10 to 15, and don't be afraid, okay? Don't be afraid to give me 10 pages. If you if you do what you need to do, right? Or let me say, if what's done, what needs to be done can be done in 10 pages for your group, then, there's no penalty for giving me 10 pages, okay? Keep that in mind. Um, some other general tips. <clears throat> um, you know, complexity for the sake of complexity is never a good thing. And this is why I encourage teams to come see me. Because, um, you know, this reminds me of, of a story from <clears throat> my first semester in my PhD program. I was in this uh, advanced stats class. Actually, my second semester. And our professor was just this um, like lunatic mathematician, right? And he gave us some work that no one knew how to do, <clears throat> but everyone found really like complex answers online somewhere. And so he critiqued the complexity of our answers. Well, the problem there was that he hadn't shown us anything, right? And he said something like, all of a sudden you went from not knowing what to do to becoming these uh, mathematicians. <laughs> and so don't give me complex <clears throat> complex responses, complex questions, theories, all of that. You don't need to do that, okay? Um, keep it clean, right? Focus on an outcome of interest. Focus on, in your model, in your if you're not doing something descriptive. Now, you can choose from the range of methods that we're, we've discussed so far and the other stuff that we're gonna be discussing in the coming weeks. Um, <clears throat> I don't expect you to actually design a full-blown perfect experiment, right? That doesn't happen um, for pe with people who have been designing experiments for years, right? Just So I don't expect that of you either. Um, but I do expect you to have an outcome, right? A primary predictor, a key, so a key independent variable. And then I also, in your model, um, in your proposed analysis, I want you to think of the other things that you would control for. Like how do you control for, you know, if you have, so PTSD and homelessness is, um, you know, a question right here, right? We have a dependent variable, we have an independent variable. But what are the other factors that, have, that, um, that affect homelessness, right? So not everyone who has uh, 
not everyone who has home, who's homeless, I was gonna say not everyone who has, who has homelessness, not everyone who's homeless has PTSD, okay? This is a, a very broad social phenomenon. So uh, in the context of their study, they're interested in veterans. Well, homelessness is something that affects non-veterans too. And so if we had a sort of general model of homelessness, there are things that we would control for, okay? And those general things, these are the, that's the sort of stuff that you're gonna be thinking about in terms of confounding factors. One other general piece of advice before I go into the specifics. Um, <clears throat> please make sure that your final product is written in the same voice, right? So um, it makes total sense that you might say, okay, you write this piece, I'm gonna write this piece, you write that piece, right? But someone, before you submit it, someone has to go through and make sure that it all melts. I don't want to, I don't want 15 pages that reads like three separate reports, each of, each length of five pages. So it's got to all coalesce, it's got to come together. So the first component, okay, what's your problem, right? What is the issue? What's the problem? What's the question? Why is it, why is it important? What area of governance does it lead to? <clears throat> so what do we mean by governance? Just the practice of government. Okay, so politics, policy, management, implementation, all the things that we're already interested in here, okay? <clears throat> you have the discretion against a select an issue, but your issue has to relate to something that's actually happening in, in the real world today. Uh, one other thing that I think is over here uh, that's important, I am limiting also the sphere, right? So we're not doing national analysis, we're not doing state level analysis. This is about local context, okay? So you have to select, you know, <clears throat> Cities, counties, municipality, something like that. It's got to be local. Okay? No, no. I mean, there are counties outside of Arizona. How local? I'm sorry? How local? So local is the United States? So when I say local, our, our federalist system of government, okay. okay, is divided into national, state, and sub-state governments. When I say local, I'm referring to sub-state. Okay, so cities, counties, municipalities, whatever division, oh, okay. whatever local, local jurisdiction, okay? okay. Um, <clears throat> so also here is, uh, it's very important to, you know, pitch, right? You're pitching the project here. Why is this important? What's going on in the real world? You're not gonna solve a problem with, with this proposal, but you can add to evidence-based discussions about this, okay? When you write this, when you compile this report, keep your audience in mind, and I want you to envision that your audience is actually, you're talking to you know, policy makers, that you're talking to decision makers. Okay, something I say at the end of the, the slides today here is, um, as you're writing and developing this, you wanna ask yourself the question, is this something I'd be comfortable sharing with, you know, if, let's say if you're, if, let's just say you're doing something about Arizona, Phoenix, right? <clears throat> Would you be comfortable? actually presenting this to a, a group at uh, the Capitol, right? Or in a think tank or something like that. If the answer is no, then you need to shift things around until the answer becomes yes, okay? Um, what do we already know? I, let me also point out, the grading. Here's in the blue, bold letters, that's how this section will be graded, okay? So, five sections, um, I think it's five sections, maybe six, anyway. You can get up to five points for the what's your problem part, okay? Same thing for sections two and three. 
What do we already know? This is a brief literature review. Again, I'm also giving you another parameter here. At least 10 sources. There is no penalty for giving me 10 sources. There is a penalty for giving me 9. Okay? You might find, if you have the time and the resources, the bandwidth, you might find that you want to go way beyond 10, and that's okay. But keep in mind what I said about the literature. Remember what it is and what it isn't. Okay, so when we use existing research to inform our research, what we're trying to do is we're trying to extract a set of key points and we're trying to synthesize the, we're trying to discuss that existing work in a way that synthesizes those, you know, maybe there are three or four or five points that we think are central in the literature, three or four or five ideas, okay? Um, <clears throat> let me give you an, ex an example, right? There's a lot of research on something called representation, okay? There's a lot of research on something called bureaucratic representation. Okay, so the idea that representation happens in elected bodies versus the idea that representation happens in, you know, local one-on-one -on -one inter interactions with people, police, teachers, and so forth. Um, in the literature on representative bureaucracy, there are two big ideas, active representation and passive representation. So if I gave you 10 studies and I said, hey, write a review, about the active and passive representation based on these 10 studies. You wouldn't give me 20 bullet points. You would give me a few paragraphs that synthesizes how this selection of work <coughs> talks about these ideas. Okay, so remember, the this this part, what do we already know, that's a synthesis. It's not a bullet, you know, it's not an article by article breakdown. That's not what I want. I've, I've said this before in the past and I've still received it, um, but don't give me that, it's not. It's not. That's not the path to the five points here. Um, where are you going to get the sources? We'll see a little. I think I've shown you some. I'll, prop, I'll show you more, I think, uh, the week after the test. Um, but refereed journal articles, right? So stuff that you find on Google Scholar, JSTOR, um, Web of Science. You can also use policy briefs that are published by official government sources. Okay, so if you went to like the Department of Education, for example, there's a link on the web, there's a section on the website that has a bunch of policy briefs. And if you want to use some of that, something like that, that's fine. Um, <clears throat> if you went to the Department of Transportation, you went to the Department of Energy, um, any major bureaucracy, okay? Maybe even a local, uh, local government has published policy briefs. What I don't want you to do is to cite stuff from media sources, okay? We're leaving bias out of here. I don't care what your favorite media source is. Right? You might be a fan of Breitbart, you might be a fan of CNN, that's fine. But that's the kind of stuff we're gonna leave out of the research, right? Because that's not where we get objective, like that's not where we get the research from, right? We can go straight to the source, we can go to, straight to the journals, we can go straight to the federal agencies, and we can pull in the refereed articles, the, the um, Policy memos, stuff like that. Right. What about different like independent think tanks with political bent, like the Heritage Foundation? Yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to so stay away from those, right? Think tanks too. Yeah. Stay away from the think tanks only because I want to make this as fair and as comfortable for everyone as I can, right? Um, does that make sense? Go ahead. If you have a question about the source and whether or not you feel, uh, you know, if you're on the fence, whether or not you should use it, just let me know, and we'll dis we'll discuss it. What about like a no a local newspaper mm -hmm. 
No. no. Okay. You can use. So let me let me be clear. Sometimes you'll read research that says something like <clears throat> a recent report um, or. So in the wake of, um, I don't know, the wake of like these important events that happen, okay? They're, in research projects, what they'll do sometimes, they'll set up uh, the, the issue or the problem by pointing, by talking about something that happened in the, the event itself, right? Um, Ferguson, for example, okay? <clears throat> so post-Ferguson, there was a lot of research about Ferguson itself. And so a lot of these studies opened up with like a description of the, the event. And those descriptions were drawn from media, media sources. So something like that is okay, right? If you're using, um, you know, if you're using like something from the news, a news source to set up, right, some event that happened that relates to your, um, your research question, sometimes people uh, open up with like really pithy quotes from a policymaker about a certain issue, and that's also fine, right? You're also cite, you're gonna cite the news source. But when it comes to the lit review, remember the lit review is where you're getting important information, like what have people, uh, what has, what have people previously used for measurement strategy? How do they define the dependent variable I'm interested in? How do they measure it? How do they define and measure the key independent variables I'm interested in? What kind of data has been used? All of the kind of stuff about the research design, about the project itself, all of that comes from, from other research. Okay, so that's not stuff that you find typically. Any questions about that part? And again, once you start, the, once the ball starts uh, rolling, if you have any questions, just come talk to me. Okay, that's the best way to, to overcome the issues. What are you testing? Here is where you're going to develop your hypotheses and your discussion of the mechanisms that that are, you know, the basis of your hypothesis, okay? So if you hypothesize, for example, that um, uh, public transportation leads to lower traffic, okay? Less rush hour traffic, we'll just say that's our hypothesis. Mm -hmm. Well then, you're gonna discuss from previous research like, how those two are connected, right? Or why they're connected. Um, it just doesn't sort of <clears throat> happen magically, this relationship, right? There are things that unfold that make Y related to X. So if I say to you that um, studying more, okay, leads to better job opportunities, it's not that some employer is like <clears throat> hanging over your shoulder <laughs> observing your study habits, right? There are mechanisms. And that's a hypothesis, the data might might bear out in the data, just like the, the data I showed you right here. Turnover and pass rates, okay? Do you think that turnover has this like immediate causal, like, do, does turnover immediately cause a student to perform a certain way on a pass, on a, on a standardized test? <clears throat> what, would, what would you guess? Yes or no? Right? Probably not, right? I mean, there are all these other things that could happen. Okay, maybe turnover itself is maybe, maybe less stability in schools. Maybe turnover, like we're seeing here in the state of Arizona, what are we seeing with turnover here? What are we seeing? Less skilled teachers. Yeah, we have like, we have just record shortage, massive shortage, massive teacher shortage in the state. So <clears throat> we're doing all these things to put warm bodies in the classroom. Um, and maybe they're not, I don't know, like they, it's, it's an empirical question, right? 
but maybe there's a relationship between having uh, between student performance and lower levels of turnover. Think about what's going on underneath the hood, so to speak. These relationships, okay? And I want very clearly a hypothesis, uh, alternative and all. <coughs> so the way to think about this is like you're you're proposing something, okay? You're not actually going to go out and do it. Put yourself in some sort of real-world organizational space, right? Where it needs to be done. Okay. So you're you're thinking about that. How do I design this in a way that makes this actually doable? <clears throat> there are some parts about these designs that you're just not going to get now because it's it just doesn't. We're not there yet. That's fine. I like I'm totally fair in that regard. Um, <clears throat> This is the big point, your big component, right? <clears throat> this component, it should not say one, it should say four. <laughs> up to 10 points here, okay? You can get up to 10 points, you can lose up to 10 points here. I should have added a zero. What would zero be? Nothing. Abysmal. Instead <laughs> 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 of very four, very four, maybe. Pathetic, or <laughs> no, no. No one has ever scored zero points. <clears throat> Actually, I've never seen anyone score below six. Okay. But you can definitely get there. <laughs> if you work at it, you can, yeah. you can do it for sure. Or don't work at it. Oh, don't work at it, right? <clears throat> um, I didn't put this up here. Actually, did I? Yeah. Um, surveys have been really popular with teams in the past, and that's really cool because we're actually going to spend a good amount of time uh, thinking about how to design surveys here. So we're going to start from the ground up. What makes a good survey question? What makes a bad question? Let's we'll put some questions together as a group and then we're going to actually build them into <coughs> a survey software. How many of you are familiar with Qual Qualtrics? Anyone? Who knows what Qualtrics is? A couple of you, so so? Okay. Well, we're actually going to put together a survey. Okay. And then we're going to put it in Qualtrics. And then we're going to take the survey so that you see how the survey process looks from the ground up, from where we're just actually debating the questions as a group. All the way to the point where we actually have real data that we generate by the survey we create. So people are really, <clears throat> you know, they're enthusiastic about surveys. Um, you can conduct this. Surveys can be used to conduct causal analysis. Okay, you just have to design a survey that has a dependent variable and an independent variable, and that's exactly what surveys do. <clears throat> okay, uh, sometimes people take descriptive polls, right? Like for example. What are your thoughts on the, the mayoral candidates? Right. So someone just asks you. <clears throat> um, but oftentimes, when you fill out a survey, you notice that there are um, various batteries, and a battery is just uh, basically different sections of a survey. Right. So the survey, if a survey has twenty questions, and those questions are you know five questions per section, then you have four batteries. It's just the way I didn't create that work. Um, but some of those questions, some of those, one of those batteries, at least one of those batteries, will have questions about demographics. <clears throat> they might have other important questions. So, so what people are doing on the back end is they're taking the responses you've given and they're using the statistical analysis to see how, you know, how likely you are to support something or give a certain response if you are you know, a member of Group X or if you favor another policy. All this stuff, right? Um, but I want to see the survey. The survey is not the survey itself does not count toward the 10 to 15 pages. That goes in the appendix, okay? So 
say that means you have to design a survey of the <clears throat> If you're using a sampling strategy, what are you using? Well, here, uh, the very important like uh, thing to keep in mind is I need to know what your unit of analysis is. I need to know uh, what the data are and how you get the data that you need. Okay. Um, sometimes it's a secondary analysis that you're thinking about. So you're thinking about using someone else's data. So what are the limit the, what are the, the limitations of those data? How do those data get you to where you want to be? How do we make all these decisions? How do we decide what the right answer is? <clears throat> There's one way. Okay, one way only. Well, maybe in practice there are many ways, but the most important way is that all of these decisions, all of this is governed by your question. Right? You have a research question, everything, every decision that you make following the question has to be made with the question in mind. If you're reviewing literature that have nothing to do with your question, you shouldn't be reviewing it. Okay? If you've decided that you want to study, um, like if you have a descriptive approach and you design an experiment, no. Two points, right? There's no match there. <coughs> Conversely, if you say that you're doing a causal, you know, you're evaluating how X causes Y, but you're telling me that you're going to conduct a poll. And that's just it. Also, no. There has to be a match between the design and the question. Remember, the design is how you generate the data that you need to answer, to test your formal expectations. Okay? Those formal expectations, now we're thinking backwards, those formal expectations are expectations about how the two variables in your research question are related to each other. So how the independent variable relates to the dependent variable. Okay, so that's a quick summary again. You start with an issue slash problem. You come up with a question, a little review. Okay, you tell you come you develop hypotheses. <clears throat> how are you going to test those hypotheses with data? How are you going to gather those data? That's your research design. What's the design that you, what's, what's the plan to get the data? <clears throat> Sharing your product. Okay. Sharing your product. Let me, let me look at some of that. Five, 10, 15. 15 plus 10 is 25. Yeah, got all 30 points. This is an important part. The presentation of the project itself is not just about the actual presentation that you're going to give. The actual presentation that you're going to give, uh, if you look back to day one of our class, there's some uh, information I believe you know, about the time and whatnot. Basically, you'll have up to 35, 30, 35 minutes. You don't have to be talking for 30, 35 minutes. Half of that is probably going to be presentation time. The rest of it will be Q&A. Part of the part of the successful Q&A and participation on this is that everyone shows up on the day, and then you're asking you're asking questions of your peers, right? You're you're sort of evaluating, you're critiquing, you're you're part of the audience, you're part of the critical audience that day. Um, you can use PowerPoint, whatever other visual, but you do need visuals, right? You don't have to dress up. People ask you don't have to dress up. No, you don't. Just. Uh, Really hot by then anyway, and um, 
But the what I, where I've seen people slack it is like the actual deliverable itself. Okay. Again, this is a professional program, and I would like we're all master students. Some of us aren't, but in this class you are. Right. Um, so don't give me something that you know you spilled coffee on. Okay. Don't give me something that's like tied together with these those little wires that come on loaves of bread. Um, don't take 15 pieces of paper and <coughs> staple it three times to make it look like a book binding or something. I've seen all of this, okay? These are real things I've seen. The twist tie? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Don't give me your, don't hand in like, don't hand in your thing in like a San Diego Chargers binder or something. Right? I've seen Chargers it. fans. Right? Uh, it's got to be professional. You have to, right, put yourself in the shoes of, of a real working Whatever you develop, you should be comfortable in theory submitting this to, you know, someone who is not in the classroom, someone who's outside of ASU, member of the community, whatever community, whatever area you're researching, right? You should be comfortable with sharing that product with external audiences. There's another point that I don't put up here because I'm not, uh, there's no right or wrong answer to it. But at the end of the, naturally every project is going to end with a conclusion, okay? Um, and the conclusion is where you talk about the policy implications of your work. Now, there's no right or wrong answer in theory in this class, okay? I don't expect you to be a policy expert. I don't expect you to give me something outlandish either, right? So if you're studying, for example, um, you know, the relationship between Ricardo, what's your team doing again? Uh, we are doing uh, the relationship between healthcare and, or grade level and healthcare. Or Education and healthcare. Yes. <laughs> you know, don't say that the policy implication, the policy implications of the relationship between um, you know, education and healthcare are important for the future of mankind. Or, you know, right? <laughs> Don't, don't give me that stuff. Just talk about like what, what this means in a real world sense. So another way to think about this is like to pretend that your findings look one way. Okay? You have real data and let's say you reject the null. What are the implications? If you fail to reject the null, what are the implications? Right? This is a bit of a this is like where you engage in a creative thought experiment. And there's no right or wrong answer. The only wrong answer is not not including this. And teams leave it off. <clears throat> so Take a shot. Any questions? Do you want an abstract in our written report? Um, no, that's not necessary. No executive summary abstract. You could. I mean, I've seen people have done it, and it's it's not part of the rubric, so to speak. So, right. I mean, it makes it look more professional if you if you think it does. I mean, we saw an example of a policy memo here. Um, the healthcare one, remember that? Yeah. It's some of them do have executive summary. It's not. It's not necessary. Okay. You can use graphs and figures to illustrate important <coughs> relationships. People have done that. Um, I'm trying to think about weird things I've seen in the past that I don't want you to do. Well, yeah. Like, don't print. Like, don't don't put your 
your picture, like photocopied on the cover of the thing. Like, you don't weird. want a team photo? No, I don't want a team photo. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bizarre, like, how the things that people, like, perceive to be, like, like, this is, like, this is the icing on the cake. <laughs> this is the that that it was. <laughs> my San Diego, my San Diego Chargers folder and my photo. <laughs> I mean, no, don't do it. With the twist tie. With the twist tie. <laughs> and the coffee that you were drinking on the way to work all over it. You don't like the chargers? Ah, it's not that. I don't okay. you know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, what football team folder should it be turned in? <laughs> like Cowboys or like Texans or Texas AM? Texas AM. <laughs> yeah. It's really, I think it's actually really easy to, to, to put together a professional product. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, I, I, I just think, like, if, you, if you're questioning whether or not you should submit something, that probably means, like, you should. <laughs> don't spray with, like, your favorite cologne or perfume. <laughs> I have seen some weird things. <laughs> I've seen, like everything that I that was actually in the, at the undergraduate level. 